Hello, hello. Welcome back to the How I Met Myself podcast. I'm Jessica, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so excited for today's episode. This one has been in the works for a long time, and I'm just so glad that it's finally ready to be released into the world. Today, I have an interview for you with Jessica Kruskamp, who is a second-generation tarot card reader. She is absolutely incredible. She's such a light. She's so knowledgeable about tarot. And not only is she an amazing reader herself, but she also teaches other people how to read tarot. She knows how to make it just so accessible for anyone, regardless of your level of understanding of tarot. And she actually is, at the end of this episode, she does a reading for the collective and she does it in such a way that she's teaching you, me, all of us, how to read the tarot as she's doing the reading for us. And so I just, I think everyone is going to get so much out of this episode. I know for me, I didn't know a ton about tarot going into this, and she talks about the origins of tarot. She also talks about her own story of how she was initially very resistant to tarot, even though it was something that had been in her family. And she explains how she ultimately decided to work with the tarot, even though it was something that she did feel that resistance to. And in doing so, it really changed the whole trajectory of her life. What I found so interesting about tarot is that it's not this spooky fortune teller kind of witchcrafty thing that it oftentimes gets misrepresented as. Rather, it is a tool that helps us connect to our intuition. The tarot cards are reflecting our own inner knowing and they're just showing us they're validating for us the things that we already deep down inside of our souls know i want to get straight into this interview because there's just so much content here and jessica has so much wisdom to share with us so i don't want to keep us from it another minute But I do really want to encourage you to listen all the way to the very end where she does do the reading for the collective because there are some really powerful messages that come through the tarot. So I hope you all enjoy this episode and I will see you on the other side. Hello, hello. I'm Jessica and this is the How I Met Myself podcast a show where we talk about the journey of self-discovery and finding your purpose in life. After years of feeling stuck, I finally found clarity around my purpose. Now, I'm going after my dream, sharing my story here, and bringing you conversations with healers and spiritual teachers to help inspire and guide you to your purpose. Join me and start building the life you're meant to live. so fun as we as we begin and we as begin a reading or we move into things that we um 
it's like layering in the energy into the cards, yeah. which is why I'm even playing with mine now. Cause I'm not even thinking about it. Like my yeah. hands are, are going for They're it. They're doing the work. Yeah. They're doing the work, right? Cause the work is so coming cool. through our bodies. Like we're little, yeah. you know, I really do appreciate what you've built here. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I just pulled a few cards on that as we oh, were talking. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so as we were talking about what you've built, and I really do want to honor that. And I don't know if we can even just start right here and flow. Yeah. But I just like absent, not absentmindedly, because it's all intuitively. Um, this, you know, this podcast, even the name, like how I met myself, I've really meditated on that over the last oh. couple of weeks. And and as we come here to this session today, I thought about that. And I was like, how, how in the world did I meet myself? Like, what is myself? Mm-hmm. Where, where am I in that process? And then speaking about the podcast as it's like this own entity that you're cultivating into reality, you know, it talks about coming after a massive deconstruction and mm-hmm. almost like a dismantling of internal, um, you know, like truths that we that we create in order to meet the world. And so here you are and you're like, I'm going to dismantle all this and get down to like rawness and get down to mm. realness and vulnerability. And then once you get there, it's almost, there's so many ways you can go. When we, when we strip ourselves of all of these masks that we wear and these needs and shoulds that we do in the tower and, and this one reversed, right? So it wasn't destruction. Okay it was like, it was a reprogramming for a leveling up, then Mm -hmm. becomes this area and this era of tons of options. Like, where do we go? And in here, the five of swords, which is an intellectual suit, um, this depicts a scene when it's right side up of um, moments after conflict. And it's like winning at what cost? Really, what did we have to lose to win? But Mm -hmm. here in reverse, there's almost a surrender element to it. So when I put these cards together, particularly speaking about the podcast, it's like we go through this period of really looking at what needs to be deconstructed and removed without complete and total destruction of self, but in Mm. fact, an emergence of true self. And there's so many different avenues to go down, but the true answer is kind of like surrender. Mm. It really is to surrender to what comes. Wow. That's so beautiful. I love the story that these cards tell and this, the imagery, especially in the one, you know, showing the different options. I think that is so beautiful. I mean, it it resonates so much. I think it's, it's often the case that when we're birthing something new, Mm -hmm. we first are deconstructing something and releasing something that's old, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that that um, it definitely lines up for for this podcast. Thank you for for pulling those. And honestly, <laughs> let's just jump right in. This I is just, just jump right in as you know as we we flow into the conversation. And um, and I do want to take a moment just of of like truly honoring what you built and what it means to explore how we meet ourselves mm-hmm. and. I love that title because that's what I do with these cards. You know, these, the tarot deck is a physical manifestation and it's a physical object of meditation. Mm. And it is a representation of wisdom that's coming in from either source or self, which can be one and the same. Right. And so when I'm working with these cards, it's a journey of self-actualization and self-examination. It is, it is asking us, the deck is asking us to go deeper and deeper and deeper into 
what is the true foundational, pure meaning of our actions? What is the pure intention of our purpose? What is our purpose? You know, like that's yes. fundamentally, that's always what we're all seeking, right? I yes. think that we're all truth seekers and we're all, and I know I am, like, yeah. I want to know, I want to know the the purity of the truth and like of myself and my actions and my behaviors and my connection with others and how I um, approach this world and can I do it in the most authentic way? And so this deck has been not only a tool for me, but a tool when I'm, I'm working with people and sitting in session with people that it's just so beautiful as, as an object to meditate on as we sort of explore the deeper mysteries of life. Yeah. The way I'm yeah. hearing it is it's almost like a mirror for your soul. It's, it's like, you know, it's, it's not a mirror mm -hmm. at the surface level, but it's a yeah. deeper level. It's show, it's showing us what we know to be true deep down inside, but can't always express ourselves. And I love that you said it's like a mirror. Um, so Ram Das has a book called Polishing the Mirror. I don't know if you've read it, but it's uh, essentially polishing the mirror of your heart. Mm -hmm. And so when we take the time to like remove all of these layers of pain and hurt and suffering, and we get deeper and deeper and deeper, and we polish our mirror of our heart, then we're living from heart mind and we're living in a heart centered way. And when I teach and when I read and when I live and I don't do it perfectly, but when I'm, you know, just going about the daily activities of life, I, I truly try to root and ground myself in my heart. And I think about, I think about the energetic frequency there. I think about, um, I feel it's beat. I, I visualize my heart expanding. There's a, a tool that we can use called energy dominance where we really move our attention and intend to increase power. And so you start to lead with your heart. And then I've noticed in my own life, after going through many eras, you know, I'm a Scorpio, transformation is the name of our game. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've, I've really gone through, oh God, I'm probably in like the 10th iteration of self. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And like, what is more to come, which is so exciting. Um, living this way, living in a heart centered way, living in a way where I can um, try to align with unconditional love as reflected through the mirror of my heart as reflected through the mirror of these cards is truly um, a more peaceful and joyful approach to, mm -hmm. to everyday interactions that lead into an overall life. You know, all yeah. these tiny moments, every moment is a change agent. Every moment we have, we have the ability to stop and, and adjust. Mm -hmm. And so if I can be kind of vigilant until it's natural in making sure that I'm living and I'm like sending you, like I'm sending you unconditional love through the yeah. screen right now. I'm sending our, anyone who's listening, number yes. one, thank you. Um, mm -hmm. Unconditional love because, because we need it. Um, the world is really asking us to be good right now. Like we really got to dig deep and be good and, and mirror out what's in our hearts. And, and when we can't, we have tools. We have tools like each other who mirror back to us, good or mm -hmm. bad. We have yeah. tools like these cards. Um, and, and that, and, you know, it's, it's a true gift. Yeah. Wow. I, I completely agree. I think working on your heart is sort yeah. of the key to, to everything. And yeah. You know, that's uh, so much of my, my meditation practice. And then now more recently with breath work, it's, I mean, the, 
the teacher whose lineage I study, David Elliott, it's, he says we have one goal with breath work and that is to open the heart. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think there's a reason why that is the, the sole focus of the practice. And David Elliott is incredible. And for, for those of us who haven't yet at least tried breath work in a David Elliott style, I highly recommend it. It can be Mm -hmm. extremely intense. I have a very (laughs) intense reaction. What's your reaction in, in Elliott? Oh my gosh. Oh my (laughs) gosh. It's so intense. I've, I've had, you know, it's run the gamut for me. I've had super intense, you know, sort of astral traveling, Mm -hmm. uh, big emotional releases, crying, sobbing, laughing. And then I've also had sessions where it's been a bit more subtle. I think the more you practice it too, you start to get that variation Mm -hmm. where it's not necessarily always so big. And, And you kind of, you can like release some of those expectations about what each session is going to be as well, the more you practice it. It just Um, is whatever the session is, it just is. And that's the experience that is being delivered to us in the moment. Like my, my hands will cramp and they do the lobster claw thing. And you know what that's a sign of, it's a sign that the heart needs to open more and, and you are a person, but that's the thing. Our hearts are Mm -hmm. limitless in terms of how much we can open them. I know. And so in my first breathwork sessions, that's what was happening. It was yeah. almost oh, like my yeah. arms were raising. And so they say it's our hearts because our heart chakra is connected to our connected. hands. Exactly. And so much of what I do is with my hands. Like yes. I'm always, I'm like moving energy around with my hands. I'm reading these cards with my hands. They're constantly in motion. And like how interesting that, you know, mm. when I enter my first breathwork session, I kind of stayed away from it because I was a little um, afraid of it. Oh yeah. Uh, it was maybe two and a half years ago. And it was such an intense experience. And I believe that we are delivered these experiences when we can meet them. Right. And so that was what was, that was what I needed to look at at that time. And then when we have a more neutral experience, we're plateauing. So we're integrating all of this, this work and, you know, all of that work, yoga, meditation, breath work, um, presence, mindfulness. Um, the practice of unconditional love, compassion to self, compassion to others. All of this is related into reading these cards. You know, yes. I spend, I, I invest a lot of time um, working to be completely clear, like a clear yes. conduit for messages for people who come to me. You know, yes. when I have someone in front of me that is seeking a reading, more often than not, people come into readings if they've scheduled it and they're not feeling awesome. Right. You know, the A, they don't know how to read the cards themselves. And so they're trying to find someone and they're, and they've tried most everything else. I'm like, please help, please yeah. help. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we connect to the higher self of that person. It's not about me. It's right. about, it's empowering and revealing and uncovering the power that exists within the person who's sitting across from me. Like mm-hmm. these become their cards. And that's what's so beautiful. And, you know, I feel like there is, there are so many ways to get to, you know, from point A to point B. For sure. And the adventure is part of it. And the journey is part of it. And we never know what part of the journey that we're in, but the cards can reflect it, which is pretty neat. Yeah. So 
let me just first welcome you to the show since we we just jumped right in. Thank you sure so did. much for, oh for being here, Jessica. It it is absolutely a pleasure to have you. This has been a yeah. long time coming. A long time coming, and it's perfect timing. <laughs> it's perfect timing, exactly. And so I guess I would like to just first start with your story of how you came to read the tarot and and do this work. Absolutely. Um, and thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll take a moment just to enter into this session. And I think and recognize all of our mentors, teachers, loved ones, and guides that got us here. And may this be a session full of messages and guidance that we utilize to the highest of our own potential and the highest potential of those around us. And um, so enter in reverence and respect to you and to the the forces that brought us together. Yeah, Um, thank you for that. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. So tarot is in my family um clairvoyance sixth sense like I have a lot of women on both sides Uh, my mother is really special she's really 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 special she is um she was a career preschool teacher and she worked with these littles like twos to fours and as I've grown and gotten more perspective oh my gosh that's so interesting of course she connected with kids because kids are closer to you know the other other place the other side like they really are they don't have all of the social conditioning and so I think that my mother you know I was born to a mom who um not doesn't necessarily know how to use it other than through her work with children Mm. um my grandmother my aunt all of us where there's always just this like very keen sixth sense about about how we emote how we think how we interact And so I've been around tarot cards through my aunt um, for almost my whole life. And I will say, I never wanted my cards read. Mm. I really stayed away from it. And um, I had a massive transformation in my early 20s. I graduated college. um, You know, I was born in California in the San Francisco Bay Area. I went to school um, in San Diego. And three days after I graduated... I was in New York city and I was 21 years old and I was teaching eighth grade social studies in the South Bronx through teach for America. And I was in New York. I had two suitcases, a basement apartment and $2,000. And I just tried to get my footing underneath me, you know, and I was working in energy and I was working in um, harnessing what it was like to face a classroom of eighth graders (laughs) five times a day every day. And I was in the classroom for three years and that, that impacted everything that I do. So when I'm, you know, in that time in the classroom, being so young and coming from a family that like really kind of sensed energy and had sensings about things, I, I relied on that to get through the day of harnessing energy of a group of, of eighth graders who, you know, really had, um, a lot of, really tough situations in their life. I was in the classroom for three years. And then I went into uh, the arts world where I was working with artists and high needs school populations. And I was basically like being the connector. So I'm still working this energy. Mm -hmm. Um, In this time, what's also happening to me is I'm getting further and further and further away from self. Like I didn't really know how to define myself as an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And 15 years goes by, I'm still in New York City, you know, I'm building my career, I end up working in um, sports and media and corporate sponsorships, and big philanthropy. Still the same thing, I'm still moving energy around, I'm working, I'm connecting resources, wealth, with uh, where there is a need. And I'm moving these resources around. And, you know, in this time, I'm developing, you know, a yoga practice, and I'm developing developing a meditation practice and I'm starting to take that stuff more seriously because what's happening is I I'm getting emptier and emptier and emptier inside Mm -hmm. and I get to a point when I was 35 years old where I really hit a wall very much so in 2018 um, I woke up one morning and really from that moment every moment is a change agent. I, I, I had this moment where it's like something has to change Mm -hmm. and I realized that I'd been seeking um, a lot of satisfaction and validation and self-value and identity from outside sources. And when we do that, all of a sudden we splinter ourselves into a million different masks. And it's like, who, which Jessica do you want today? Which Jessica do you need? And then when mm-hmm. that, when, when you're living in that way and you're basically performing life, because I got into this situation with like very basic tools, but then I was just thrown into like the breach, which we all are. Yeah. I got off the path. And so here I am, I go through this very um, raw time where I start to remove things that I had relied on. I start to remove. Sorry, I lost you one for just one second. You froze on my end. And I'm back and I switched uh, my network. So oh, you did. Should be okay. Now. Sorry about that, Jess. No, no, don't worry. It happens like almost every time. <laughs> and I actually have to laugh too. And this is something that, that you might want to keep in. Yeah. So, so <laughs> when I began reading tarot virtually, which is yeah. a semi-recent thing for me online, yeah. Um, I'd heard this and I didn't necessarily, number one, I didn't know if it was going to work because we all go through this like self-doubting phase. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not immune to any of that. And I realized that the frequency, like the high energy exchange of two people connecting over the internet actually (laughs) does make our internet connection unstable. And I tell you, I never have issues when I'm on any other type of meeting other than something that's centered around like true authentic heart and soul connection because that's yeah. what we're doing here and often that's... it'll it'll just be real glitchy and and sometimes it's too you know much what, maybe... for for spectrum to handle it's too much for spectrum to handle <laughs> and maybe it's just spectrum but i will say <laughs> if i if i intend to believe that it just sort of like takes the pressure out of it you know um yes, yes. so so here i am i've been yes. living in okay. new york for almost 15 years and wow. i'm like this is not working I've, but what's been happening is I built a career that was skyrocketing. And then I had this like other secret life where I was meditating and I was around esoteric practices and I was studying them, but I wasn't necessarily reading yet. And I still had not even had my cards professionally read. I was like maybe having cards dropped by my aunt, you know, like I wasn't there yet. Yeah. And, um, it was, you know, soon after that when I start to go through this, like, this is the real, this is the moment of tower. This is the tower card that I'm in. And after the dismantling, we get to star. Star is the next uh, card in that cycle. And star is actually my favorite card. Um, She depicts this woman and she's nude and she's under the starlight and she is pouring water from a pitcher. 
And it is this, you know, that time, it's like the calm after the storm Mm -hmm. and you feel so fragile yet also so strong because you're so real. And that's when it started. And that's when, um, life and the universe presented it to me. I was at a party and it was a women's gathering actually. And we were all sitting in circle and someone had a tarot deck and, uh, they brought it out. They didn't know how to read it. And they were sort of like shuffling and put it in the middle of the circle. And someone goes, you know, who knows how to read tarot? Mm -hmm. And I'm not kidding you. Someone said, Jessica does like out of nowhere. And so I still had that little bit of ego left in me. I mean, we all do. I still have, you (laughs) know, I'm working on, on removing that. (sighs) Um, and I picked up that deck and I intended to read it and I read it and, you know, there is the learning by osmosis of like hearing the cart, watching the readings, listening Mm -hmm. to them. There is the, I don't know, the, the knowledge that comes from experience. There is the intuition that might've been cultivated more so for me, just from a young child than someone else. However, I believe we're all intuitive beings and we're all like little radio receivers for, for information whatever it was in that moment, that was the moment that I picked up that deck and I started reading. Mm -hmm. And then I applied um, my very studious nature (laughs) (laughs) to, to um, deep diving into studying from an academic lens of, of this process, this practice, this creation, all the different decks. And so, you know, I think, we are all multi-generational readers. Mm. We really are. Everyone is a reader. It's why I teach. Um, there are very few people who teach tarot nowadays. Mm. I'm learning. Um, there are a lot of readers and I, I celebrate that. I believe that we can all learn to read this deck and use it as a tool in our own self-development and, and for the guidance for other people, because I went through that experience. You know, I didn't, I didn't come out and start reading in kindergarten. Yeah. This was something that came to me and was gifted to me at a time that I was able to receive it. And so when we're, when we're drawn to the cards and when the signs align and when, and this is true of anything, you know, right. if our eyes are open and our hearts are open, when it shows up and we walk through that door, then all of a sudden opens up this whole new world because I will say that things started to take off really quickly for me and my life pretty dramatically changed. Um, I moved to New York City where I'd been for almost 18 years and landed in Malibu, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of recovered. Well, a place to land, especially after being in the New York City energy for that long. Jessica, I asked. I, I asked for a sign. Um, I was here December, 2020 Mm -hmm. and for a few weeks bouncing around LA, my husband and I, because we needed a break after COVID in New York, we'd been inside for 10 months and, um, you know, both of our families are, are in California. We met in New York city though. Mm -hmm. And just bounced around people's couches, Airbnbs, family, whatever. And, um, yeah. you know, at the time, air, like renting things was so cheap in California. And so I found a place for $80 a night on Carbon Beach in Malibu. <laughs> and I snagged wow. it. And I was, um, we ended up staying a week. And I was down on this beach 
and I was standing in the water and just letting the water like wash up on my feet and letting my things feet sink down into the sand. And I was, I was in a leather jacket. I mean, it was so, I was like all the juxtaposition and I was, I was asking, I I had this sense that I was at a crossroads. Please tell me, please tell me what to do here. Mm. Any power that was listening. And I was out there for almost an hour. So by the time I got out of the water, it was like almost up to my thighs. And, uh, you know, people were kind of like looking at me to make sure I was (laughs) okay. okay? Yeah. Yeah, really. And um, I turn around and I see a rent sign and it is on this like old 70s style apartment building up on those pylons on the beach in the middle of like a very fancy beach but it's like one of the one normal structures and it was a rent sign and we live there now we signed the lease like two days later and um, I just felt like if we don't take this I asked for a sign and I meant it I and I was willing to do anything that was presented Mm -hmm. and I don't think I would have paid attention if it hadn't been so clear. And now Mm -hmm. then this is when self-doubt comes in. Like we get back to New York and I get into our apartment where I'd built my life for 18 years and my career. And, and, you know, he could work anywhere in the country. He'd been in New York for about 10 years. And I said, get us out of it. What have we done? Like, what Mm -hmm. have we done? Um, But ultimately the pro con list, the biggest thing was we'll never know if we don't do it. And Mm -hmm. so we packed up. I was by coastal for a year and um, now it's been settled and still live on that beach. That's amazing. Yeah. And how did your relationship with tarot build Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. that kind of initial moment where you were named to read the, the deck at the party? So, you know, I just pulled a couple of cards from the deck on that question, you know, to see, like, I have an answer and they actually kind of align. So I started to trust it. Mm -hmm. I started to trust myself and I started to um, really honestly meet myself in these cards. And what I mean by that is I, all of a sudden reading and the responsibility and the accountability for being in session with another person became very important to me. I hold it. I cherish it. I really do. I, when someone comes to me with their open heart and their open eyes, <laughs> they're like, help me out here. I'm like, anything I can do for you. And so I got very, very serious about um, meditation And I got very, very serious about my yoga practice. And I just got deeper and deeper and deeper into um, the principles that I had, that I had been drawn to. And I started Mm -hmm. to come into more alignment. So, you know, as I'm reading cards and I'm understanding what the meanings are for me in my deck when I'm reading. And so it's really interesting about tarot is that I find that each deck has its own personality because it's so closely connected to that person. Mm. So my deck, when I'm reading for myself, it delivers really hard truths. It is, it has dark humor. It's, it's (laughs) jokes only I can understand. And it's giving me messages in the way that I need to hear them, which is often like a slap in the face. (laughs) Now, when I'm using my deck, which I call my soul deck, um, when I'm using my deck in my readings and I, I use a variety of different decks, but there's always one I go back to 
or yeah. like one that's central in the readings. It is, it reads with such compassion and it mm-hmm. reads with um, such openness and guidance. And I really believe that a, a session of a tarot reading should be actionable. Mm-hmm. You know, it really, what can we take from this as we leave this tarot circle and we go out into the world with this information that was just delivered? How do we impact our life? You know, and there's a couple of ways to think about tarot. And we've talked about this before, you know, there's, and I, and there's a million ways to look at it because it's, it's so unique and, and special for each person as they connect with their deck. But there's a, um, there's a way that we look at it through an archetypal perspective. And this okay. is in the work of Carl Jung. And we look at this through a Jungian lens where we are connected to the collective unconscious. And we are working with our conscious minds and our subconscious minds. And we're going deep into our psyche. And these cards, which contain archetypes, drop. And they are a tool of reflection and discussion that might peak something in our subconscious that we weren't necessarily thinking about because our conscious mind is constantly, you know, assessing information and organizing it and putting it into meaning. And and these then become such a great reflection tool. And uh, Carl Jung himself um, worked with them and was in support of like just utilizing them as as guidance and and something that can help us think and dive deeper and deeper and deeper into psyche. Mm. And for that, I love it. And I feel like it's very accessible for those of us that don't necessarily connect with cards as a tool of um, divination, really. And divination is a charged word. It's it's yeah. a connection with a higher self right? It's a connection to a higher frequency energy. It's a connection to a higher consciousness. And so we've got the Jungian lens where we can think about this from a a really like concrete perspective of um, concepts that are kind of illusory, right? Like the psyche is illusory. So the psyche Mm -hmm. can, can often relate to the card called the moon. And it's like, what are the things that are there that we cannot see? So that's a great way. But in divination, We're asking, we're really recognizing that there are greater forces at work here. And so I am just a tiny human on a tiny planet in this cosmos. And I am an energy body and my little frequencies are drawing in information and I'm joining frequencies with other people. And I am here in this incarnation with a purpose and, and, um, you know, challenges that I am to meet and karmas that I am to destroy. And um, when we move into a reading from this perspective, we recognize and ask for guidance from this higher energy force, which is really our highest self because we are all one. And so we're tapping into this current and drawing down um, creative energies and wisdom energies Mm -hmm. that connect us all. And I do both. You know, I really do both. I think it's really, it, it, it is so important to think about where someone is when they enter a a reading. It is so important to, I've worked with corporate entities and I've worked with uh, individuals who are master tarot readers. And so we, you know, depending on what energy we're bringing into the reading every single time, there's something we can get out of it. There really truly is because the Mm -hmm. way that they work is, is fascinating. There is, um, Uh, my teacher, Rachel Pollack, who, who passed earlier this year, um, has this great story about, you know, why does tarot work? 
And she instead breaks it down into a question and a sentence. Not why does tarot work? It's why and does tarot work? Mm. And it's, and it's pretty neat. It's like, why are we here? It's like this bigger question. And then it's like, yes, it works. It, we know it works and, and it's okay if we don't necessarily understand why, but we are, we are utilizing this. And, and I also want to think about the fact that as these cards, as a physical object and a physical manifestation of wisdom of any kind, wisdom Mm -hmm. of the subconscious in a Jungian perspective or the wisdom of universal energies from a divination perspective, this deck that I use, and I use uh, um, the soul deck that I'm working with is the writer Waite Smith deck. It's the deck that's ubiquitous. It is often what any deck is sort of modeled after. There are so many on the market and they all kind of feed into two decks. One is the writer Waite Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And so the deck that you've got today is modeled after that. And so it's like, once we kind of learn that as a foundation, you can learn a multitude of decks. And then the other is the Thoth deck, which is also known as the Crowley deck. And it is imbued with um, like deeper symbolism and and different messages. And they use kind of different suits. But, you know, the the idea is all the same. Mm -hmm. In this deck, there are 78 cards. And it tells the story of universal human experience. And so at any given time, if I'm dropping cards, it's giving us a snapshot of life in that moment. And what messages that we need either validated or need to discuss or need to reflect on or advice. And so, you know, there are so many tips and tricks to easily access the deck. And what's amazing over my years of study and my years of work in tarot, then you just, you, the layers of the onion keep peeling and peeling and peeling. And it's not like, why does tarot work? It's like, why are we here? Like, what's the truth? We're seeking the central truth and we're going to use this for now in this way. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it totally makes sense to me. And I like the two different lenses that you shared, the Jungian and the divination. Mm -hmm. I find, you know, and I'm sure you've experienced this, that there are still a lot of people out there that are skeptical. There's a lot of misconceptions, right, about tarot. I think that often it's sort of perceived as like, you know, like a fortune teller or, you know, just something that's a little bit, um, I don't know, spooky even. And so, (laughs) yeah. I'm wondering, what would you say? What do you say? How do you address those misconceptions? So I, let's say I'm in um, a group setting, right? And I've been asked to come in and work with a group in some way, either in a a corporate context or a party context or a group context in a studio. Um, There is inevitably always someone who is nervous about it. And so I hold space for that. I don't force anyone into a reading before they're ready. And I, I lay the, like, I I try to cultivate an environment where this is accessible in the fact that this is not a fortune telling tool. Mm -hmm. This is, um, this is a tool that provides information in a moment and we are free agents. When we leave this reading and when we walk out that door, We have now all of the information that was just delivered here to go and make changes. We have agency. This is a tool of empowerment. 
I am not telling you what I think. I am merely, we co-create this reading. We are interpreting the cards in a way that makes sense because again, I'm tapping into this frequency and I'm asking my guides to speak with this person's guides in such a way that messages come through that are helpful. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, there's a fear and I get it because I had it, you know, even with my experience being around it and growing up in this family of women that are very, you know, incredible. I still was too nervous because there were parts of me that I didn't want to know. And there were parts of me that I wasn't ready to face. So the spookiness, I get the, the, the vulnerability of a tarot reading. I get the, um, the, the, sometimes people just don't want to know. They're like, I'd rather not know. And that's, and that's cool. That's cool. And I would never force anyone to reading, but I will say almost, I mean, if not a hundred percent of the time, 99.9% of the time, once someone is sort of in that frequency, because like when we're doing in a reading, the, the vibrations and the, the, the power around that that's coming down mm-hmm. is compassionate and loving. People are often drawn to it and they're like, okay, I'll try. Like, yeah. let me sit down. And there's always a point in a reading every single time. And sometimes I do have a tough time in the beginning. You know, it's not yeah. like, and we all do. You know, you right. put things down and they don't necessarily land and, or we're just like, someone might be too closed off or, Exactly. You know, I haven't necessarily done the work that I needed to that morning, which I always try to do, but I just, I don't even overthink that. I'm just like, okay, re refresh, reconnect. Yeah. There's always a point in a reading with someone who's nervous or not that I say something and it hits so deeply and lands so true that all of a sudden things shift. I can feel the shift. And I'm a person who has a lot of, uh, somatic experiences, particularly when I'm reading and um, when I'm when I'm out in the world and connecting, like I feel things in my body. I get yeah. very hot when I'm reading or mm-hmm. when I say something that I know is probably the most important message of that reading. It's like I get a full jolt down my body wow. and I and I'm actually getting it now probably because I'm talking about it. Yeah, But I believe that we all have that if we become aware to our subtle bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we have that moment in a reading, all of a sudden, there's this like shift in perception where I've created a space where there's, there's no pressure. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no fatalistic message coming through. This is just right. in the moment. Let's see yeah. what comes through. You've established the trust. The trust, and because I'm I'm approaching this with the um, with an open heart and such compassion, and I don't, yeah. you know, and that's not just lip service. Like I feel this, and I and I I love people. Like I really, mm-hmm. really, really do. And when I when I see them sit down, and I feel that moment, and then I see it reflected in them, and then all of a sudden we're in this thing together. Yeah. Then that's so special. It's like that moment, and then we yes. can really start to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had this when you came for my birthday event and, you know, it was a group of, I think around eight women and Mm -hmm. uh, varying degrees of um, acceptance, knowledge, knowledge, skepticism. And, you know, I think everyone was like open to it and excited to just have a reading done, but there were, 
you know, specifically maybe one person in particular, I feel like was a little more <laughs> hesitant and yeah, the last off, one. Like you said, yeah. yeah. So she went yeah. last. <laughs> and and I actually sat with her during that reading. And so I got yeah. to, you know, I got to hear it and just see her reactions. And I think a lot of times too, people go in with like, well, I don't want to like share too much information because I don't want like you know, I'm trying to suss out if like this person is the real deal or if, you know, she's just sort of like uh, reading me and, you know, so. And it's trustworthy, right? right? Like, yes. yes. Like how, how open is the kimono here? Like, where <laughs> am I getting into? Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yes, I, I mean, I think even in that last reading, we got to some, yeah. some pretty, real truths. And, you know, I think she walked away at least somewhat more <laughs> open to it and convinced that like, there's something to this. And, and like you said, it just, it's, it's not like you're yeah. telling people, you know, the future or something it's, mm -hmm. you're providing information that then they get to marinate on. And just as you said, we all have free will, we can do what we want with that information. And so I think it is, it can be so valuable. And actually in that same group, one of the other women, she did end up, you know, taking the information to heart. And I think she ended up making a change to, you know, in her career as a result of it. And, and so it just, yes. <laughs> so to, uh, yes. Yes. Right. And so this goes back to the idea of when um, my relationship with tarot is really a relationship with myself that like it mirrors that in a relationship with meditation and relationship with um, my physical body and a relationship with my, um, my highest self and, and higher power. It's like, it is, I trust it. Mm -hmm. And so when I am working with someone who's uh, skeptical, there's likely a fear yes. and I just trust the cards to deliver something and for me to say something in such a way that it will hit home because this process is, it's pure. It's a pure process. Yeah. And when I go in with the intention of trusting it, something happens and often, and often there are words that, um, and, and messages that come through that people know already. Mm -hmm. And so in, one spread, uh, the Celtic cross, which is a very familiar spread for probably a lot of the readers and our listeners. And if not, it's a spread that's like such a utilitarian spread because you can get so many things in it. And a spread is when you pull cards off a deck and you lay them down in a certain pattern. Okay. So it's like you've intended to lay cards down in this pattern, this number of cards, and each placement of that card has a meaning. Mm. And so one of those card placements is hopes and fears. And so let's, let's meditate and ruminate on that one card can represent our hopes and our fears. To me, that is so layered and so complex. And I think about if I apply this to different parts of my life, I'm like, yeah, the thing I hoped for might've been also like the way to get there. It might've been the most fearful way. Mm -hmm. And so the closest I've come is a quote by Joseph Campbell, which is um, that of which we uh, yearn for is in the cave that we fear. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yes. can we walk through these fires? Can we walk through these gates? Can we walk through these pillars 
that the path is being laid out before us and 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 get to the thing that we know that we're being driven to and know we're being compelled to mm-hmm. but the path is just so scary right because yeah. we never know how we're going to get there we just yeah. have to show up and do the best of our ability with all of the tools and resources that we've been given which is like a magician card which is mm-hmm. early in the arc it's the number two card in the deck of the okay. major arcana so a magician card shows like all of the different elements on a table and the magician is pointing up and down. So he's pointing both at higher consciousness and ether and ground. And so it's a full connection with all of our tools laid out. And like when we show up in this moment with everything that we've got and we're like, now what's next? Like I've got, I'm ready. Like the, the fearlessness that we can, we can, and the courage, which is also in the strength card, the courage that that requires, because there seem, there's no other way. And even if the path is murky, there's no other way to go yeah. because you know it, you know, that that's what, like something doesn't fit. We're being called to it. So, you know, major changes that happen after a tarot card reading, they're not because cards dropped and I interpreted in some way. They are because true self knew it. And needed some sort of validation. And for some reason in that universal process and path, that reading became that moment, right? Mm -hmm. It could have been anything else, but it was that that reading was the, was the thing that someone needed. I've had a lot of that, you know, I will (laughs) say, and I try not to get into the the pressure of this. I've had two marriages and and an engagement from this and it is it is the cards are giving me what needs to be said and I have no judgment I actually bless every reading internally by removing ego self-seeking and judgment so that I may be the clearest conduit possible for the good of this highest the highest good of this person yeah I want to ask you how much are you applying the you know, knowledge that you learned when you were studying tarot to read the cards versus how much are you channeling? Mm. Such a great question. (laughs) Yeah. And so what you're really asking is um, how much of it is, is uh, skill, like intuitive skill and how much of it is um, cerebral knowledge. Right. And so I often think about um, it's it's an equation, right? So it's intuition plus knowledge equals wisdom in the cards. Yeah. So I'm pulling in at every single microsecond, every single millisecond, every single moment, I'm pulling in whatever needs to be pulled in because I walk into this with such an open um, mind and heart. And mm-hmm. so there are there's a way to only intuitively read these cards, which I actually suggest when people are starting to read cards, you get that deck and you start to shuffle it and you lay down cards. And what do those cards make you feel like? What do we see? What are, what's, what is this scene showing us? What does this remind of us, uh, us of in life? That's Mm -hmm. intuitive reading, right? Right. And then we start to study it and we start to go down and we start to look at first, we start with a little book in the deck and we're reading the, the trail key. And so the thing about that book in the, um, in the deck that comes along with every deck, yeah. that actually is uh, the text that was given by Arthur Waite, who is the author of the Rider Waite 
um, deck, Rider Waite okay. Smith deck. Pamela Coleman Smith is the artist. Okay. Um, this deck was uh, developed in the 1920s, and this is a female artist, and I believe that it was completely a download. <laughs> I think that um, they were based on centuries-old decks that go back to the 14th century in Italy and mm-hmm. France, and then before that, you can trace versions of this back to Egypt. And yes. um, there are uh, there's a really fascinating study of so many different tarot scholars who have really tried to decipher where these cards come from and where I've landed <laughs> is yes. they just exist. Yeah. There are so many different paths. I think that we all really love good myth. We love myth. I do. And so if I, if I want to believe that these cards originated in some form in ancient Egypt, then yes, because we do see elements of that. If that we want to say like, well, really, more accurately, it was in the, the 14th century in France and Italy, and they were more like playing cards. Okay, fine. But yeah. like, there's a history here, but the wisdom exists far beyond the history. So yes. here, here we have a deck that was downloaded, drawn by a woman who the plates still exist, and they are on permanent collection in the Smithsonian uh, as, you know, like a massive gift to society. That's this, so cool. I know this deck was developed at the exact same time that we had the ability to start mass producing things. We didn't have the ability to start mass producing decks and printing before then. So here we have this source of wisdom and this tool that comes down at a time in our humanity Mm -hmm. that it could start to be more accessible to people because we all have this power. Mm -hmm. And so to your original question, how much am I channeling and how much am I relying on wisdom? I'm relying on every single tool I have and I trust the process and I trust the universal power that I will be delivered in the moment. And now I will say there are some times when I'm reading things come out of my mouth in the way that Jessica outside of tarot reading wouldn't necessarily say them. Mm. So they're being delivered for the seeker. So there's a couple, like I would be the reader and the person who is receiving the reading is either the seeker or the querent. So the the seeker kind of needs to hear something in a certain way. So I'll phrase something or something will hit in my um, my mind, like something so loud. And sometimes it's, you know, it's something I don't necessarily want to say, um, because I, I just learned to not second guess myself. And sometimes it's something like, have you had a son who's passed Mm. or, or if I do second guess myself, it comes up in the reading later and I'm like, I should have said it. And so that's where I've come with my reading is if I intuitively feel something or hear something in, in my mind's ear or I, I sort of like visualize something suddenly, I share that with the person because yeah. I don't want to lose it. And I don't want to um, miss something. And if it's incorrect, then we just move on. Yeah. It's rare that it is though. And so that's that's kind of the channeling yeah. part of it. Would, would you say that that is clairvoyance or clairaudience? Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, and again, this is all inspiration, right? And, and the root of, of inspire is to be in spirit or breath, right? And mm-hmm. so we, it's a moment of inspiration that mm-hmm. you get. And that's where ideas come in. And course, yeah. yeah, so clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience mm-hmm. um, are my three strongest. There, there's a variety, of, a variety yeah. of different clairs. And so this <laughs> yeah. is like clear seeing, yeah. clear hearing, hearing, clear feeling. feeling. And so yeah. 
the, the somatic experience I have, I have a couple of different body tells and we all do. If yeah. we used to go into meditation and we ask for how, please show me what this feels like. Please show me what it feels like to receive a sign or to receive messages. And then those start to come more frequently Yeah. when we hear things. And, and for some people, it's like, really like you're hearing something in the room with you. Some people are yeah. hearing it in your mind. And yeah. um, I have both actually that's clairvoyance yeah. and then clear audience or uh, clear audience is when you hear and then clairvoyance yeah. is when you are um, seeing something pretty clearly. Yeah. And are those, I assume these are, gifts that you've developed over time you hone them you cultivate them like Mm -hmm. first the first step is um you know like acknowledging them and that's why whenever we enter into a a reading we acknowledge the presence of energy and so we again we are all little radio receivers and we just have to tune in so you know early in this process for me um when i was just starting to recognize that that um information that I was getting in was actually clairvoyance or clairaudience in my own voice. I had this message. And if, if your listeners have, have experienced this, it comes in so fast and so clear that it's unmistakably something from elsewhere. I didn't like cerebrally imagine it. I got in. So it's like, okay, I have to tune in. I have to really work at removing and eliminating distractions. And I have to really work at what it means to tune in here in order to uh, connect. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I I work at it. And I will say that the strongest tool, and for me, I think probably the master tool to connect to this master energy is meditation. Yeah, I, I have, you know, I, I'm at a part, a time in my life where I have the flexibility now to go on long, silent retreats um, at 10 days at a time where you're sitting in meditation for up to 14 hours a day. And you are going through the forest of your own psyche and past lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And that's when information really starts to come in and you're working out and unraveling any sort of energetic blocks or any sort of karmic blocks that you have. That's when the the true deep work goes, but you got to start somewhere two minutes a day, five minutes a day, meditate on a card, meditate on a plant, meditate on an object of um, love, meditate just on your breath. I'm so glad you said that about just giving people these smaller dose opportunities to meditate because I think it can be so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear people do these long retreats or people who are meditating for an hour and a half a day. I I mean, I, I've gone through different phases of my meditation practice where sometimes I have the time to do that. And Other times, more recently, I have not. And, you know, just trying to find the pockets of time that I can to tune in and at least have some practice on a consistent basis, I think is, is really at least a a good start and can help you start to, to cultivate those skills, like you said. And we can also live so mindfully, right? Like we can like look at something when we're driving, like really look at it and we can 
um, hear something and make a point to pay attention to what we're hearing. And these are all practices. So if we're not actively like sitting down in a sit to remove ourselves from, from the daily grind, and, and again, even five minutes is good just for a moment of mindfulness, we can, we can connect in other ways as we go throughout our day. And when we're in conversation with someone, like really think about our heart, mind, and, and, being in communion and conversation and connection with that person, not just from our cerebral mind, but like this as a human being and we yeah. send love at them and like all of that, yeah. this is all yes. moving meditation, you know? Yes. Yeah. Just thinking of it more as like an exchange of energy and yeah. how our energy is, is, you know, kind of exchanging back yeah. and forth like we're, we're doing it now conversation yeah I know we're Why doing we it now. the internet the <laughs> <laughs> two Jessica's have broken yeah. the internet <laughs> and then they recovered <laughs> yeah so another question that I had is um would you say it's a good idea to have a specific question to ask the the deck or is it fine to just kind of go in and just let's see how the cards drop yeah, it's both. Often, so when I when I am entering into a reading with a seeker, um, I I will ask that people meditate on a few things like that morning. And it's so everyone everyone has the same questions, really. Like we are all not alone. We are all so similar. We're all so connected. It's career, it's relationships, it's purpose. And then, you know, all of those have different customized and unique qualities for each reading. And there's some, it can be all sorts of different things that are happening, but really when it distills down and I often find that the real question comes out uh, is like the last question in the reading because yes. we've finally gotten there and we finally like we trust the process. And so it's, I, I'm so happy when we get there, when someone, you can tell they didn't want to ask it. They, they didn't want to ask it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, it's I, almost I embarrassing like... to ask. Yes. You know? Yes. And yeah. I'm like me of all people and, and, you know, I'll speak to like the ethics ethics of a tarot reading but like me of all yes. people like you I I hold this like I have from day one just been like holding this like space of love I am I will absorb it and I will hold it and we will look at it and then yes. you go off with that info um when I read I don't have the question asked first I actually ask the the process I ask the deck I ask circle I ask the wisdom to tell us what we need to know today like to give me a, like a lay of the lamp like tell okay. me what what it is that's most important to think about here because sometimes not often but sometimes there's a much bigger issue that needs to it's time to look at it yeah. and maybe the seeker isn't doesn't think they're ready or doesn't think they have the strength or maybe they're a little scared to talk about it but actually this is the biggest thing and that's why they're here and so I will lay down um a few cards after a seeker will pull some from a collective deck that I have. And, and we sort of look at that and we talk them through and then I will lay cards down. And then that, that usually takes about half of the reading. And then we mm -hmm. move into like the super specific questions. Yeah. And often most of the questions that people have come in with have already been addressed and we've talked them through in the initial um, drop. And that's wow. like a drop is when you're laying down a spread of cards that are, that are in a specific order. Okay. That, yeah. that's helpful. Should we do a drop? Yeah. Yeah. You want to? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do, and okay. I'm going to share my screen. And what you have here is um, some cards that we've already pulled during, during the course of our conversation. 
Okay. And so now you can see them. And we were talking just about, you know, starting new projects and coming into alignment um, specifically as it relates to like the creation of this podcast. And it comes after, you know, a time of like really deconstructing to get down to true self and then surrender into what's mm-hmm. being what's being offered. And then this one was, um, you know, what what was the process of my relationship with tarot? And it was um, not to resist the knowledge and wisdom that was being delivered and to, it would actually move me into some real happiness and leading with the queen of cups, which she's the most compassionate queen in the whole deck Mm -hmm. um, is coming from a very heart centered practice. And, and it's, and I, it truly is, um, one of my favorite things to do. And I'd love to um, show people and kind of talk them through how to do a reading for themselves and Great. maybe some just questions as we move into uh, the last season of the year, you know, we're, we're coming up. I think about it in terms of the solstice. So we're, you know, we're working towards the solstice right now. We've been through a really challenging year and an arc yeah. of two years. Everyone yeah. has been through a ton of transition. We are in a very... Um, a difficult time right now when we're really asked to be good and asked to be strong and asked yeah. to be compassionate. And yeah. so when we shuffle the deck, um, some people like to shuffle them by uh, kind of using them like playing cards. Like when you right. see when you're playing, I, I don't, I, I think that the cards prefer a little bit more of a gentle movement. And I feel like when we're, we put them all down and we mess them all up with our hands, what we're doing is we're just laying in energy of either the reading, the question, the intention, like we intend to receive messages from this reading. Mm -hmm. And then you, you know, from chaos emerges information, which is so great. And then you'll see as you start to like squish them back into the pile and scoop them up, there's all sorts of ways that they can fall. And, um, that's that's part of the beauty in here. It's like the cards fall as they may, and they're in a particular pattern that has been that has been designed for for this reading. And so this this reading is with the intention for um, the collective. Like, what do we need? What messages do we need to know as we go through this weekend and into uh, you know this next this next season, closing out the year as we come into the solstice? Yeah. And so after we pull them all together from the mess, we shuffle them in our hands and you do it intuitively. You really want to kind of just feel when, when they feel well shuffled, mm-hmm. put them down, give them a good knock. Mm-hmm. And then with our, we just do a couple of piles here. Okay. And now you have a fully shuffled cleansed deck that's ready to go. And so I'll do a, I'll start with just a very simple three card spread because I feel like real clear messages come through and three card spreads. We have the page of pentacles in reverse. Mm -hmm. We have the ace of swords upright and we have the two of wands in reverse. And this is really interesting. So if we think about um, a past, present and future, and this is one of the first spreads that I teach it's one of the most accessible spreads. It can also be mind, body, spirit. There's tons of different ways that three card spread can be read, but it is a real accessible way to start with these cards. Um, and I do read reversals. Uh, you can choose to read or not read at whatever level of um, 
you know, where you are in your journey. So yeah. we have actually a really good example here of the deck, the 78 okay. cards, and there are four suits. And so we have pentacles, which is the circle with the star in it. We have the swords, which is pretty self-explanatory, and the wands, which looks like a stick with some leaves on it. The pentacles relate to earth energy. This suit is all about the physical realm. This is your wealth, your health, your material resources. So when we see pentacles, we're always going to be thinking about our physical body, our career, our finances, our home, like the things that we can see of this world. And what's really neat in pentacles, you know, sometimes when we've got um, someone who has really never worked with a tarot deck or seen tarot cards, yet everyone knows what tarot is, collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like, you know, it's often, it's a pagan symbol and it's a witchcraft symbol and there's ever, all these different like um, connotations with it. And what it really is, a star is the symbol of the human body pointing into higher consciousness. The tip of the star is where we're pointing up into the ether. Mm-hmm. And so if you stand with your arms out outside and your, and your feet apart, you are a star. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a true manifestation of the human body. It's also known as coins or discs. Um, page of pentacles in reverse. The page is often showing us um, like opportunities to learn. Um, it often means student. It represents a young feminine. And so we'll leave that here right now. We've got a young feminine blocked energy in reverse as it has to do with, with our material world. And, and this is feminine in terms of feminine energy. We each have masculine and feminine energy running up our central channel through all of our chakras at all times. And so we're looking to balance. Page of Pentacles in reverse. We have Ace of Swords upright. Swords is the suit of intellect and rational thinking and strategy. Mm-hmm. It's an air element. So when we think about a sword and a knife slicing through air, it mm-hmm. is the time where we can sort of get down to these very fundamental essential truths. And swords is throughout the tarot community and throughout, you know, when you're in readings, it's a, it's a, it's a suit that has a lot of challenging cards. Cards are neither good nor bad. They're just information. And so when we see swords and in the suit, there can be some really heavy looking cards. It's actually my, my favorite suit. Um, It is savage. It really Mm -hmm. gives us like truth in a way that we need to hear it. And so the ace of swords is in our present. I think that this is so relevant for what we are all going through as a collective and what we are all going through individually um, as we come up, you know, with this, we're, we're taping this in the midst of the eclipse window these two weeks. The swords is pointing, the sword is pointing straight up and it's mm-hmm. got a crown on top. This is representative of getting to the true wisdom and the source wisdom. And ace represents pure energy and pureness of that suit. It is in its rawest form. It is the beginning. It is the opportunity. And we also have some mountains in the distance here. And this is also pointing straight up. They're telling us, this card is telling us that through the combination of all of our experiences, we're at the beginning of a new cycle. This is when we really start to to seek wisdom from higher sources we start to seek wisdom from within we invite the teacher in we invite the teacher to reveal this is uh, not about just like the in the little book in the in the tarot decks that we all get this is like new opportunities new ways of thinking yes and 
it is about tapping into wisdom in such a different way and in such a um, in such a strategic way because you come to it with all of these different experiences in life. And what we know here now, like you see here, this one card, Page of Pentacles, it means something on its own. Mm-hmm. When we start to combine them, these two cards now mean something different. And this is when we start to get into the real finesse of reading tarot cards. And this is when I start to really love it. So like, if I match these two up, I'm like, okay, page of pentacles in reverse. We've had some like blocked energies around, you know, building and like starting to build foundations. And we've been unsure of like what we want to really study and look at. And we've been unsure about what we're connecting with. And there's just been, there's been a lot of starts and stops here. And, and, and it really has left us, feeling like we don't have much of a direction and we're second guessing ourselves all the time. Mm. But here, that's where we're coming from. So we're entering into this era where we are being presented with the opportunity that we cannot uh, ignore that this is the time to connect to real knowledge Mm. and to, to think about things in a different way and to approach our life in a way that really cuts through into the pure essence of what it means to be here because we might carry this baggage of like trying things that don't work and not sure where we're going but here now we've been equipped and we've been called to this time of of new opportunities in in gosh in our approach you know Mm -hmm. and that's so powerful Mm -hmm. now then we go into the future What's so interesting is that we have two of wands in reverse. So wands is the suit of passion and it's fire energy and it's creativity. And if you think about like the, on the, you know, the fresco in the Sistine Chapel where it's the, the God hand mm-hmm. um, pointing into Adam and it's the spark of humanity. That's what fire energy is. That's what, what mm-hmm. wands are. The twos are all about choices and duality and polarity and opposing forces. And here we have a two of wands. So it's a polarity and opposing forces and like a gateway and, and what choices do we make in our passions and our creativities? And it's in reverse here. And so it means that we're having a really hard time seeing a way forward, which is Mm. absolutely mirroring where we're coming from, but it's a different suit, right? So in the past, we, we've really been like focused on the material and we've been focused on how do we organize our lives in such a way and what what information are we taking in and what are we studying what are we seeking what are we opportunities in order to like build our lives and we're like wait a second there's actually a much deeper bigger way of approaching things and it really is coming from source inspiration and it's coming from this this fire that's what we're moving into is more of a passionate creative um ignition Mm-hmm. However, we have to be sure not to second guess ourselves. And when there is, when there's no visibility here, when we move into this, this time where we, we can't see the way forward, we have to trust that process. And so look at, so now here's what we do when we, we are dropping. So I just dropped another card on the future because I want to ask more about it. So I'm like, okay, we have a tendency to, um, to not know what to do. Right. And so we're not supposed to, we got the very first card in the deck, which is um, noted as zero. And it is the fool. And the fool is so Jessica, when you see the fool, I don't know if you can see it very well. But what do you what do you see on that card when you look at it? So there's, is it a woman? I can't tell if it's a woman Uh, person. It's a person looking up holding like a bag and there's a little puppy dog 
there is a little puppy dog <laughs> at right? her feet and the sun is shining down and she's got a flower in her hand as well. Mm-hmm. That's open blossom. Yeah. Yeah. There's you're hitting on all the symbolism too. So we've got this, like this little guide in the dog that's joyfully jumping. There's a joy in this card. There's the yellow is like yellow often represents joy throughout this deck. There is a lightness to it. The sun exists there, but also notice that this, this person stands on the edge of a cliff, right? We are, we are beginning. This is the beginning of a new journey. So we have just ended, like we've ended this cycle and there is all new opportunities. And so any sort, as we go into this next season and this, you know, with the effects of this eclipse, which is a, has been a two year Scorpio Taurus axis. And I do bring in astrology to the tarot readings because they, each card connects to a deacon on the astrological wheel. However, astrology does not define us. I kind of, um, we can use it to work with it and then we can also transcend it. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is a card of pure potential. We have the two cards that are in reverse where have blocked energies. They're all about not seeing things clearly and not really knowing the way forward. The two cards that have positive energies that have go forward energies where we're clear is the, they're both the pure potential cards. So right now I'm looking at pairs in these readings. I'm looking at in our current way of thinking is really connecting to a much higher wisdom. And what we do with that, we might not know how to apply it in the best way, but that's okay because we're at the start of a new cycle. Things Mm -hmm. are dropping out of our life. Like there is a great awakening that's happening. There is the judgment Hard. The things are being removed or we're laying things down. We're letting go of things that no longer serve us. And so remember back to the beginning of different cycles and, and like the days after like transformations as we're figuring things out, this is part of the process We're we're, we're starting the new, the mm-hmm. new era here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ace of two, pentacles, two aces, ace of pentacles in that start and in that trust of newness where we don't have to know anything and everything that we're just showing up to the best of our ability in honesty and authenticity. And we're relying on the wisdom of earned experience and insight coming in and whatever way it comes from can be from this podcast. It can be from reading, can be from conversations. If we rely on the wisdom and the ace of swords to arrive when we need it, despite any sort of confusion or murkiness about what way to go forward, like it's time, it's time to trust that this is part of your new cycle Mm -hmm. and where we've been blocked in the past. We're now starting the, the pure potential of, of career and, finances and building our reality in a way that we weren't able to before because we had to go through all of this we had to go through this really tough part to gain this wisdom to then start this arc I mean these are three pure energy cards in a five card drop I'm I'm like vibrating yes (laughs) this is resonating so much for me as well and you know, I know this, this reading is for the collective and for the listeners of this podcast, but I'll just take a moment and respond how it's landing for me. So, you know, we moved to LA, my husband and I moved to LA, um, when I was pregnant with my son, my oldest, and it was, 
in maybe about five years ago at this point. And, you know, we don't have family roots here. We don't have really any connection to LA. We moved from the Bay Area though. And we often go through these cycles of second guessing if Mm -hmm. LA is really home for the long run, right? That's the page of pentacles in reverse. And Mm -hmm. You know, it comes up like every so often and, um, you know, but it's, it's so much our desire to lay down roots because we, our own families don't really have deep Mm -hmm. roots in any particular area. And so, but yes, so we go through those cycles of questioning it. And I think recently we've really come to this place of trying to trust that, we're here and we want to like fully commit to it. And we want to connect to our community that we have started to build here and really lean into that more. Um, So I think I see that with the Ace of Swords, just recognizing that wisdom and that we're here for a purpose. And even if we don't know what it is, we're going to start to ask for it. We have to ask. We really do. Yeah. And then I guess with the, um, the two of wands, wands in reverse. yeah, the two yeah. of wands, I think again, it's sort of just this question arising again and, you know, but it's, it's, it does feel like we've kind of turned the page and we've really like made a commitment to be here. And yeah. so I, that, I see that's where like the full card comes in where it's sort of like this new beginning even though we've been here now for five years this feels like we're really committing now and and this is where we're building our life and and kind of goes back to with the ace of pentacles goes back to it's your home to home that earth like energy that you were talking about with pentacles it's your structure. It's your, I think that's such a beautiful interpretation, right? And so this is sort of how we move through a reading and we co-create it is that I can use channeling or intuition or something with one individual person. And this was for the collective, but, you know, I'll say things in such a way and then we discuss them and then we drill down and ask further questions. And that was, that was so well done. Jessica, in like terms of connecting it to self, because that's what it is, right? It is two wands here is to remind us that we we are all little energy bodies that sometimes when we're tired or tapped out or depleted and we don't feel like that fire in our bellies, that there can be little hangovers from past way of beings and that's and past way of being, and that's okay. Yeah. Like we just have to be able to recognize it. So we don't get caught circling that drain and we can kick out of it because what we're kicking out of is into an entirely new arc. And how exciting is that? Like yeah. I, I am so excited for um, all of us to excited might be the wrong connotation, but I am so ready for all of us to show up in a way that is so open-hearted and of what the time demands of us, yeah. right? And so if we can remove whew, these moments of um, how we think things should be and, and think about things from a, you know, I think highest source wisdom is love. And that's sort of like what the fundamental teaching here is. How do we live in a vibration and frequency of love? It is, yeah. you know, 
what does that open the doors to? And what it opens to is a completely new part of our journey. Like we're all cycling through this deck at any given time. And, you know, there are, I'm just curious about like, pull up and ah, yeah, here's a sun. So this is what's known as a, a major arcana. And so this doesn't have any of the four suits. Like here's a cup here. And so when we come to the sun, what a beautiful way to sort of end the reading on. Um, mm -hmm. I pulled another one that was cups, uh, the nine of cups in reverse. So when we go through this arc and we're starting on this new journey, the thing that we have to make sure is that we are generous. When the nine of cups in reverse drops, there is a um, acknowledgement and a guidance to not get to not uh, to not allow our energy to be drained when cups are upside down the water is just flowing out, out. um and there's like a there's almost a smugness to the this character in the nine of cups we have to be we have to really live and look for the moments of joy and gratitude here or else we will be drained by what we are being asked to show up to right now right not just for ourselves but for the planet <laughs> and um and really, when we are doing that and we're operating for a place of compassion, where we know that we have a tendency to second guess ourselves because we all do, but we're actually being put on this new path. So we operate with compassion for ourselves and others, and we trust this process and we're connecting to higher wisdom. Like it is coming into uh, the sun. And this is when we step out into the light and we step mm. out into the warmth. And on the sun card, um, I often wear the sun, um, a pendant of the sun around my neck when I'm reading. The sun card is when we are we're out in the light together. There's a naked baby waving <laughs> a red, a red scarf, and red is the color of vitality. This is blood. This is life. This is warmth. There's growth all around. He's riding a horse. Um, think about all of those those symbols that come into this. This is like, this is the the birth of, of power. This is a vital card. Um, when you read about it in the little tarot book, it is, um, career success and achievement and happiness, but it, there's, there's so much more here. When we think about the sun as like our, our main life's life source for us yeah. that promotes growth and, um, you know, all these chemical processes that, that keep our earth functioning. And, um, you know, we're really connecting back to a much stronger, much purer, vital energy here and this mm -hmm. next bit coming up into the solstice which is so interestingly the you know the balance of light and dark and then we move into the darker nights so we got to really hang on to that sun if there's if there's a card to meditate on for this reading i'm gonna tell you it's the sun mm. i love that thank you uh what a great yeah. card to end on i know i know <laughs> perfect wow this is such a, a great reading and you know, I shared how it was landing for me just to kind of give people a way of understanding how the cards can apply to your life. But, you know, for everyone listening, it's going to be something different. For some people, it might really resonate related to their careers. Other people, it might be family. I mean, there's just so many different ways that it can can hit. And so- can you be know, your I, body. It can yes. be your health. It can be mm -hmm. the structures that you've built. It can mm. be your truths. It's like, right, it's all the things that we have here on this, this physical plane. And, mm. and when there's been starts and stops and we've, we've like tried to receive and we tried to do the good thing and it's just not working out. You are not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. 
and we're yeah. safe here. Like we are, we are being, you know, we're being guided and, and the sun, and the sun does come out. It really does. It never leaves us. It's always here. All these, all these images are in us at all times. These are the ones that, that the deck had for us today. And, and I, and I take them in reverence and, and I cherish them for, for this group that you've brought together in, in this yeah. podcast and this work and, and where it goes you know, yeah. and, and where it is and just ad- admiring it um, truly from my heart. What you've, what you've done here is, is amazing. This has been a joy. Thank you. This has been incredible. And before we close out, if maybe you could just share how people can connect with you. How can they work with you, whether they're yeah. local to LA or somewhere else in the world? Yeah, I have, um, I have readers and seekers and querents all over. So I established a tarot reading collective called Tarot Malibu. And, you know, it started just as me. I was Tarot Malibu. Um, But as I've been teaching and and sort of, you know, building my own, establishing myself here as a teacher in, in the LA region, I have readers also work with me. And so you can find us at tarotmalibu.com. Um, I love working with with new folks, um, people who have never even picked up a deck and they just want to see what it's about. Um, there's a couple of different um, styles. And if, if someone is curious about tarot, but uh, doesn't necessarily know much or just wants to try things out, we've got all sorts of different ways I can connect people with. I, I try to match people with the best readers possible. But I'm also on Instagram at Tarot Malibu and I'm really working to um, share there more about about what it's like to live with tarot in life and so she's a work in progress that that instagram account um and i read virtually and in person my home studio is here in malibu and i also teach pretty regularly so i have been gifted the opportunity at the mindry which is a studio in malibu where i teach tarot 101 on thursday nights um last night was incredible uh i have a group of souls that come in and it is so fun and we just we learn how to read the deck because I really want to share this tool with as many people as possible and if and if you're drawn to it and want to know more um we can do a reading and do it in person or virtually come to my class I offer workshops pretty regularly um I am putting together plans for a New York series. I think that my experience as having, you know, having been a teacher <laughs> like professionally and yes. then working with all types of different people in, in all of, you know, my, my professional arc and, and also living in New York, I, you know, I've built up this, this breadth of um, people and experiences that, that were, makes it really accessible for folks. And so Tarot Malibu, com. You can find me on Instagram. My name is Jessica. And I just, I can't wait to whomever this resonates with, you know, people arrive at exactly the right time. I completely agree. And, and I yeah. trust that. So I'm so, so grateful for you and just thrilled to know you and <laughs> to have had readings with you and for you to have joined me today on this podcast. Thank you. Oh. Jessica, thank you so much. And thank you for all of you who made it to the end of this episode. (laughs) Um, We always, at the end of a tarot reading, we close the connection and we close the channel with just a quick moment of thanks. 
uh, for the messages received and may we take them with open minds and open hearts and use this information here to, um, you know, to support our highest self and our soul's purpose. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, with reverence and love, the channel is now closed. And, and we go about our days with this gorgeous experience that we just had. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Lovely. you so much. Oh my gosh. It's, it's been my pleasure.